All right, I'm going to try to preach shorter because I got to enjoying myself last night. And I don't want to go that long again today because I promise you we keep the services shorter in this season. But when it's all finished, I'm going to preach a three-hour sermon. I'm not feeling any enthusiasm. <laughs> okay. Would you open your Bibles, please, to Job chapter 3? Everybody doing okay out there in the cars? So we're not only preaching to four campuses, we're not only preaching to Maine, south, east, and north, we're preaching to the parking lot at south and the parking lot at Maine. So if I talk to the cars once in a while, everybody will understand. But let's show everybody, see everybody all spread out out there. Let's see south campus. There we go, we got all of them. We're looking at everybody. Give each other a big clap offering, everybody. All right. Job chapter 3, I want to begin to teach you, I always interrupt when we have big announcements from the government on what the next few weeks will be like, and really, I guess we've been told what the rest of the year will be like. So we'll get back into the armor of God next week, but I want to talk to you. The president talked to us a great deal this week about the vaccines and all the money we've got set aside for vaccine. I want to talk to you about a different vaccine, the vaccine for fear. Never in my life have I seen fear across a city, across a nation, across a world. I mean, never in my life have I seen fear paralyze a world like I, I've, I've watched it in these last five or six months. Now, we know that fear came as a direct result of Satan's work and sin entering the world. There was no fear, and then all of a sudden, Genesis 3, verse 10, Adam says, I was afraid. What? Well, <laughs> Fear was an emotion that did not exist prior to sin coming into the world. It's one of the most negative. It and guilt are the two most negative emotions that there are. And, and maybe fear is even more negative than guilt. But it did not even exist until temptation and sin, until Satan brought sin into this world. So wherever you find Satan's work, one of the primary fruits that you find is fear. Everybody say fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. If there's fear involved, it's not God. If there's fear involved, it's the devil. And everybody said? Now understand how powerful fear is. Job 3 verse 25. This was a man that God said was blameless in all his ways. But he says in verse 25 of chapter 3, For the thing that I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. You must understand that just like faith attracts the work of God, Fear attracts the devil. Everybody say, fear attracts the devil. Attracts all of the devil's work. What you fear comes to your life. What you dread comes to your life. It is, it is the law of attraction. People love to talk about the law of attraction today, but they have nothing to do with the scriptures with it. This is one of the key laws of attraction. Faith attracts the miracles of God. Fear attracts the works of the devil. What I feared has come upon me. Now, now look at how powerful fear is. God had made the people of Israel a promise that you're going to go into a land flowing with milk and honey. You're going to live in homes that your hands have not built. You're going to have fields and, and vineyards and orchards and, and, and olive groves that you've never planted. I'm going to bring you into this beautiful prosperity. And as they stand outside of moving in, 10 men come back and have a bad report, and 10 men 
begin to spread fear. And fear goes through a million over, a million people in the people of Israel at that time. Fear goes through a million people just like at light speed. And within just a few minutes, optimism, faith for their future, moving into their destiny is all decimated and now everybody's afraid and rebels against the will of God for their life. It's just amazing. Ten men with just a few of their words can release the power of fear that can destroy the destiny of a million people. That's how powerful fear is. Look at the apostles in the garden. All of a sudden, fear grips their heart. And the Bible says they all fled. How many of them fled? Now think what that must have entailed. These were men who stood their ground when everybody else left and Jesus looked at them and said, would you two leave? No, Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. With all the controversy, with all the criticism of Jesus, they had stood at his side in love and commitment for three and a half years. And now fear grips their heart and these men run away from this committed love relationship that they have with Jesus. Everybody shout, they ran away. Now fear, fear destroys your relationships. Fear destroys your destinies. Fear overwhelms love. Fear overwhelms commitment. This is an incredibly powerful negative emotion. Now with that in mind, what's the vaccine for fear? How do we cancel fear out of our lives? Well, first of all, fear and faith are choices. Now, the first choice is the choice of understanding you're forgiven. Everybody say, I am forgiven. Now, nobody wants to talk about this passage, but it is incredibly important and one of the big reasons that I'm emphasizing communion so much during this time. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. John says, for there is no fear in love. Everybody say, no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been made perfect or have not been perfected in love. Now, several things I want you to notice there. Fear involves punishment. What does fear involve? Now, there are too many Christians. One of the big challenges I've been, been dealing with people about since this thing began over five months ago was people feeling guilty over their past. Everybody say, guilty. And it is amazing. In, in the isolation of being at home, in the isolation of quarantine, you begin to reflect. You begin to reflect upon all of the horrible things you've done previously. You begin to reflect over all the sins of your previous time in, in, in this body. And before long, that, that little guilt thing gets to going. And before long, you begin to feel like, well, you know, I probably deserve some of these bad things that are happening right now because of this has happened to me. And I probably deserve this. And I probably deserve this. And I'm reaping what I sowed. And we put all kinds of religious words on it. But brothers and sisters, please forgive me. You are forgiven. I can't hear you. You are justified. You are washed. You are clean. You are pure. There is no punishment for your life. 
Isaiah 53, verse 5, he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. You have no conflict with God. There is no desire to extract, extract penitentia on your life. God has no desire to bring any punishment on your life. The punishment that brought us peace, which means no conflict, was upon Jesus. You have been justified by the blood of Jesus. So you need to just get over this consciousness of sin and this, this guilt trip and, and starting to feel like you need to bow your head and, you know, I've done something wrong. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. They've done wrong. Guilt begins to enter their heart. And guilt always brings fear because fear involves punishment. You must walk in the knowledge of your salvation. In this season, you must walk in the clarity of the knowledge of your forgiveness. You must walk in the clarity of the knowledge that Jesus took the punishment for all of your sins and that God loves you. I, I can't hear you. But he said, I can't hear you. There come the cars. Perfect love casts out all fear. Now, the solution, straight up, the solution to not being afraid is perfect or mature your love for Jesus. It's not his love for you, it's your love for him. It's like a person looked at me one time many years ago and they said, Pastor Samuel, I'm afraid of you. I said, wow, that's, that's a revelation. They said, yes, I'm afraid of you. I said, well, that shows you don't love me. If you loved me, you would never be afraid of me. Are we still here? Perfect love casts out all fear. If you're afraid, there's a problem with your love walk with Jesus. Did you hear what I just said? Now, the solution is really easy. Spend more time with God. I didn't hear you. How many married people are here? Would you raise your hand? Everybody who's married, all campuses. Lift your hands up high, all campuses. Uh, did you spend a lot more time with each other, especially during that first three months? Did you notice how much you fell more in love with each other during that three months lockdown, that March, April, May lockdown? You just, all you did was hang out with each other and all you had was each other and all the love in the family grew stronger. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Eat that somewhere, come on. Did your love grow stronger? The more you hung out with each other, the more you loved each other, Diva. Now this is why Paul writes to the church of Ephesus. Grace to you who love the Lord with a love that never fades. This is why the church of Ephesus was corrected by Jesus in the book of Revelation. He said, hey, you've lost your first love. Sometimes in the middle of these crises, and you know the crisis that Ephesus entered into in a season of darkness through that whole area when Satan moved his, his throne to Pergamum just 100 kilometers away. You know the season of darkness that came there. But they allowed their love to fade until finally they lost their first love. Now, brothers and sisters, in this season, you cannot so fix your heart, forgive me, on your telenovelas and your K-wave that you don't spend time with Jesus. This is a time for you to dig into your relationship with Jesus stronger than ever before. I didn't hear you. You don't skip devotions. You read your Bible. 
You spend time in worship every day. The more time, th this is not rocket science. This is just easy stuff. If you want fear to be gone from your heart, hang out with Jesus and let your love for him grow. Perfect love casts out, another translation says, perfect love drives out all fear. Everybody say, drives it out. As you fill your heart with love for God every day, all the fear gets driven out of you. So th this is a choice that you can make, all right? I I'm not afraid to be around God. I'm not afraid of punishment. Punishment is not a part of my life. I'm redeemed. You know, there are some Christians that are afraid, all right, when we go to heaven, um, am I going to get punished then? No. I've taught you during our eschatology classes that when we stand before Jesus at the judgment seat or the bema seat of Christ, there is no penalty for sin. We're forgiven. There is a distribution of rewards. You do not have punishment in your future. Everybody say, I have no punishment in my future. I am forgiven. Are you getting this? Now, when you get a hold of this, then you just come hang out with Jesus. And as your love for him grows, all that negative stuff, you, you don't just sit down, well, I want to think positive thoughts today. Let's, let's get on Facebook and see some positive thoughts today. No, no, no. You hang out with Jesus. And you just fall more in love with him. And you read his stories and you fall more in love with him. And as your love for him matures and grows, it drives out all fear. And everybody said? And everybody said? Now, fear is, a, yeah, I got those cars. Fear is a choice. Psalms chapter 3, verse 6. I will not be afraid. Everybody said, I will not. That's a choice, Diva. Psalms 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's a choice of the will. Psalms 56, verse 4. In God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. That's a choice. Everybody say, a choice. Psalms 118, verse 6. The Lord is on, is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I will not fear. Now notice, every one of those verses I read to you shows that fear is a choice. Everybody say, it's a choice. There are times that we all face fear. I mean, please, let's be real. Anybody who says that they've never been afraid is a gold-plated, diamond-encrusted liar, okay? Everybody has to face fear. Look at the person next to you and say, everybody. But when you face that fear, you make some choices, all right? I'm going to spend more time with Jesus and love him because as my love for him grows, it drives the fear out of my heart. Okay? Fear is a choice. I choose not to fear. Everybody say, I choose. There are emotions that you can choose. Now, some people say, no, 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 emotions choose you. No, no, no. You choose emotions. You always have a choice. Ulitanatan, I always. Ulitanatan, I always have a choice. You can either allow that thing to stay there in your heart and in your mind and keep growing and growing and growing and growing until you have a panic attack. Or you can just say, no, no, wait a minute. God is with me. I will not be afraid. Everybody say, a choice. Now, some of these choices involve facing the facts 
and facing God. I love the passage in Romans 4. I love the New International Version of it. Beginning with verse 19, Romans 4. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was almost 100 years old and, his, and Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded. Being what? Being fully persuaded. Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Now sometimes, brothers and sisters, you just look at the facts. As Christians, we, we are not unreal people who live in the realm of unreality and we pretend that facts don't exist. I, I was laughing at somebody the other day. They were saying, Pastor Summer, you have to believe the science. I said, well, how can I believe the science when the science keeps changing? Oh. It's like people make science out to be God today. You have to have faith in the science. You have to have believe in the science. Well, the science changes every other day. Are we still here? But at the same time, we're not people who are silly. We face the facts. Everybody say, I face the facts. Facts. There is a COVID virus killing people around the world. Facts. There are, the COVID virus is spreading in Manila. Fact. The COVID virus is growing in Manila. Facts. But there is a higher fact. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Did you hear what I just said? Fact. The doctor looks at you and says you're COVID positive. Okay. I'm COVID positive. Fine. I, now, I'm not COVID positive. I have to be careful what you say these days. But let's say the doctor examines you and says, you're COVID positive. Okay, I'm COVID positive. But there's a higher fact. Jesus, in the book of Luke, healed those with the plague. Are we still here? There's a higher truth. We face the facts. We, we don't pretend that these things don't exist. We don't try to hide our head in the sand like the proverbial ostrich. We, we will face the facts. But we are fully persuaded. We've made a decision. We are fully persuaded that God's promises are true. Everybody say, I'm fully persuaded. So I, I'm not afraid. Okay. I'm not afraid. Okay. You said I'm COVID positive. Okay. I'm not afraid. Because God has promised. And I'm fully persuaded of God's promise. I can't hear you. Now, now, one of the problems in the hospitals right now, because some of the doctors and nurses, they talk to me. One of the problems in the hospitals right now is not COVID-19, it's fear. People eat some peanuts. You know those really good peanuts, the little tiny ones that still have the skins on them, and then you fry them with salt, and you put some chilies in it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, when you eat them, sometimes you get the skins in your throat, diva, and you have a little tickle in your throat. You have peanut skins in your throat. You do not have COVID-19. Oh, but I got to go to the hospital. I feel something in my throat. Yeah, you've been eating peanuts with peanut skins on. You get up one morning and you have a little fever. Well, your body may have a little infection someplace. You don't have to run to the, the, the hospital emergency rooms are overwhelmed with people with panic. Everybody say with fear. There's, there's very little wrong with them. But they're clogging the systems because they're afraid. Now, please, you know me. I'm not telling you not to go to the hospital. I would never do that. 
But at the same time, I would tell you, hey, let's calm down just a little bit in Jesus' name. <coughs> I have a little cough. <coughs> well, you also have an allergy to dust mites. Take your allergy pill and relax in Jesus' name. Are we still here? Now, no, please, folks. Fear is a horrible situation. You, you take, even at the worst case scenario, okay, you're COVID-19. Okay, I accept that. I'm not afraid of that. Because my God is my healer. Are we still here? So sometimes, like Abraham, you, you face the facts, and you don't act in fear. You face the facts, and then you face God. Everybody say, face the facts, and then face God. You know, God, I know all these facts. You know, God, I'm an old man, and I'm impotent. And God, my wife, her ovaries are all dried up. But God, I'm fully persuaded, not in my ability, I'm fully persuaded that you are able to keep your promise. So yeah, those are the facts, but you are bigger than the facts. Are you getting this? Now, one of the greatest truths that you have to learn that delivers you from fear is to remember that God is with you. Genesis 15, verse 1, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Everybody say, God is my shield. Everywhere you walk, God is your shield and your rear guard. Everybody say, I'm well protected. Psalms 23, verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. I'm not afraid. God's with me. Everybody shout, God's with me. Deuteronomy 31, verses 6 to 8. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God who goes with you, he will not leave you or forsake you. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid or be dismayed. Joshua 1 verse 8, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41 verse 10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you. Everybody shout, he will strengthen me. Everybody shout, he will strengthen me. He will help me. He will uphold me. Genesis 26, verse 24, fear not, for I am with you and will bless you. Everybody shout, God's with me. Now, now, please, you can't see God. I understand that. But God is more real than the chair you are sitting on. God is more real than the clothes that you are wearing. God is more real than the shoes on your feet. God is with you. Everybody shout, he's with me. So what you have to learn to do in life is pay attention. Now, there's a book you can download online. Just go to Google and look up Practicing the Presence of God. I think the guy's name was Brother Lawrence or something, but don't worry about the author, but the, the title of the book is Practicing the Presence of God. It was one of the first little books I bought as a baby Christian. It's written by an old monk from the 1700s or 1800s. It's out of print, but it's a free download. It's everybody say free PDF. I always keep a copy of it in my iPad. And I sit on an airplane and read it from once, once in a while. It's a very simple book. 
It is profoundly untheological. <laughs> I mean, literally untheological. But it's a man who just decided that he would learn to respond to the presence of God with whatever he's doing, even with the pots and the pans. What you have to learn to do is that God is with you, so don't ignore him. Everybody say, don't ignore him. Say it again. Uh, Pastor Marlon, where's Pastor Marlon? He was down here a few minutes ago. All right, who can I pick on? I'll pick on Pastor Marlon anyway. Where's he at? Come, run down here really fast. You can still run. You're not that old. Now, Pastor Marlon, grab a seat. Right over here. There you go. Now, is, are you mad at your wife? Well, you can just sit a little closer. You are married. Yeah, there you go. You have social distancing, even though you're married. Got to make things look right. Do you remember that first three months when we were locked down and the two of you were just in the house together and it's just you, your two daughters, and one boy going crazy? Now, your wife was with you all the time. 24-7 she was with you. What would happen if you just ignored her all the time? Never talked to her? Well, maybe once a day. Once a day you talk to her. But the rest of the day you talk to your daughters, you talk to your son, you talk to the dog. But you never talk to her. Would you be in trouble? Batai. Now, how do you think God feels? He's with you 24-7, and maybe you talk to him once a day. Part of your lack of understanding of his presence has nothing to do with the fact that he's not there. It has to do with the fact that we ignore him. Everybody say, I ignore him. Now, what you have to learn to do is just talk to him. Everybody said, just talk to him. Now, it used to be people thought you were crazy talking to yourself. But now with, you know, internet and things stuck in your ears, everybody expects that people walk around talking to each other. Talking out loud and it looks like they're talking to nobody. Well, don't worry about it. Just go around talking to God. When you're cooking breakfast, talk to God. When you're brushing your teeth, talk to God. When you're sitting in the jeepney, talk to God. When you're sitting at your office trying to figure something out, talk to God. Say, God, I really don't get this. Would you help me understand this? Look at the fact that God is with you 24-7. And it is amazing how fear leaves your life because he's there. Everybody say, he's there. So please, get that little book. It's free. It's a free download PDF. You can stick it in your phone. It's a very non-theological read. But it's just a nice book to remind you that he's always there. Talk to him in Jesus' name. Fear not. Why? Because he's with me. I'm not afraid because he's with me. Everybody say, he's with me. Now, three verses and then I'll close. Isaiah, I'm trying to do better than last night. Last night, I went an hour and a half, but I'm only going to go an hour and 15 minutes today. Isaiah 35, verse 4. Say to those who have an anxious or fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, the Lord your God will come with a vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Everybody say, don't be afraid. He will come and save you. Say it again. 
For business people, here's a great verse. Isaiah 54, verse 4. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Some of you business people, please. I know you can't do your collections. People aren't paying you. And because they're not paying you, you can't pay your bills. And it's very frustrating. But don't be afraid. God is not going to let you be ashamed. You're going to pay all of your bills. You are not going to lose your good name. Fear not. You will not be ashamed. Everybody look around at each other and say, fear not. You will not be ashamed. Stand with me, please. Now let me give you one more verse. Everybody in the parking lot honked. Isaiah 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Ulitanathan, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Say it again. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Say it again. From how many of your fears? Some of you need to learn to pray for yourself. And please, I don't say this to be rude, but sometimes we pray so much for everybody else, we forget ourselves. Some of you need to pray for yourself. And you come to God and just say, Lord, I'm afraid. God, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for my business. I'm afraid for my family's future. I'm afraid for my bills. And just tell God, I'm afraid. And God will answer you and deliver you from all your fears. Did you hear me? You just come to God and you're honest with God. Now let me teach you one last thing before we go. And I'm very self-conscious doing this because you know me, I'm not, a, I'm not a singer. The only two people that hear me sing are God and my wife. God loves my joyful noise and my wife, well, she just loves me. But many years ago, I went to Korea back in the early 80s as a young man. And I remember watching the Koreans pray. And every time they'd begin to pray, they'd go, Shio, 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 or something like that. But I remember what it sounded like to my silly ears because Sheol is one of the Hebrew words for hell. And I'm going, why are they shouting hell? And so I asked somebody, I said, because nobody knew me in those days, I was just a kid. And I asked somebody, what are they saying when they start their prayer? And they said, oh, that's the Korean name for Jesus. And so every time they start to pray, Jesus, 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 and then they start to pray. They say, we always call on his name. I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Now, a few years later, I was going through challenges with our building program and all kinds of stuff was going on. And I just learned, and I don't know what to call it. It's just something I do. So for lack of a better term, I was teaching it to somebody the other day. And I said, let's call it breathing faith. Everybody say breathing faith. Have you ever noticed that when you get afraid, you breathe faster? How many of you know what I'm talking about? And you begin to hyperventilate. Everybody's been there at some time or another in their life, Diba. So I call this breathing faith. And what I do is just sing his, I take a breath, 
sing his name, and put something I believe on the end of it. So I take a breath. Jesus, you are with me. Breath. Jesus, you are Lord. Breath. Jesus, you walk with me. Breath. Jesus, I walk with you. Breath. Jesus, you're my healer. Breath. Jesus, you always provide. And I just, I can do that for hours. Literally, I can do that for hours. I just sing his name and then a statement of faith on the end of it. Everybody say, sing his name and something I believe. You don't have to be musical. You're just singing faith. And it's amazing. You take a breath and sing a line. And you take a breath and you sing a line. And you take a breath and you sing his line. And you're recognizing his presence. And then peace that passes all understanding fills your heart and your soul. Can you do that? So if you start to get afraid, Jesus, you are with me. Jesus, you're here right now. Jesus, you always strengthen me. Jesus, you heal my lungs. Jesus, you heal my heart. Jesus, you heal my eyes. You see what I mean? I just keep singing his name and something I believe. And you can do that for hours while you're cooking, while you're laying in the bed and your brain won't stop. How many of you know what I mean? You're laying in the, the bed and just, your brain just won't let you sleep. So you just lay there on the pillow. Jesus, you give me sleep. Jesus, I'll sleep right now. Are you understanding? Everybody say, breathing faith. Let me pray for you. Father, watch over your sons and your daughters. Let your hand, let your gracious right hand rest upon their lives. Father, we thank you that this thing shall not come near our households. Our families walk in safety and security because you hung on that tree for us, Jesus. Lord, let your hand rest upon their businesses. Give them wisdom. Give them ideas. Let the favor of God be upon them. For every sale, Father, for every bit of food that they're selling, for every bit of selling they're doing online, Father, let there not be just enough. Let there be more than enough every day for every family. We thank you that when we get to the end of this, Lord, your people will be stronger. In Jesus' name, amen.